What's going on guys, JP back at you once again, bringing you guys a little bit of summer bonus content. I know it's been a little while since I've sat down with the boys and recorded a full length 22 shots episode, but as always we take our break in the summer and you could rest assured with uh, fall slowly approaching. Uh, or quickly approaching, uh, we will be back in the fall to resume uh, regular podcasts. But in the meantime, uh, while the summer is still going, I decided to drop in and give you guys a little summer bonus content. And I was fortunate enough to be invited once again to partake in the Fantasia Film Festival. Uh, This, I believe, is my third year um, covering the festival. Uh, which is really cool. Uh, So the Fantasia Film Festival, for those of you who might not know, is a film festival that's been going on for quite a long time. This is the 25th edition of the Fantasia Film Festival, so 25 years strong. Uh, This is a festival that takes place in Canada, um, in Montreal and it lasts quite a while a couple weeks it actually started in july and and ended here today on the third um there are tons and tons of amazing films that have come through fantasia through the years uh where they've premiered at fantasia or had you know uh good crowd responses and uh I'm very excited to be able to cover it remotely. Uh, I would love to actually venture up to Canada and cover it in person one day. That would be absolutely amazing. But in the meantime, uh, we're able to cover it remotely. And it's pretty cool um, how Fantasia offers that for journalists and podcasters and, um, you know, website owners to cover it from the comfort of their own home especially during you know today's crazy times with uh, everything that's going on so i do appreciate that um so a little bit of background here a little bit of um an asterisk on this particular one unfortunately i was not able to get to as many films as i wanted to like this was the year that i really wanted to go hard and see everything that I could possibly see and I will say that it started off super strong I was watching like three films a day I was like super excited and then life just kind of came up and crept up and I had to deal with some personal issues and things like that some work related stuff as well so I really ended up not being able to see nearly as much as I wanted to see uh, which is very unfortunate. And then the only other thing I will say about that is I did have a little bit, and I understand there is like 400 journalists accredited for this thing. Um, it was hard to get access to certain titles. Um, I honestly was having a hard time getting responses for some of the titles. So that also delayed me a little bit. Um, some titles that I really wanted to see that I ended up not getting to see was, of course, my number one, which was Dario Argento's Black Glasses. Or is it Dark Glasses? <laughs> I'm such a big fan, I don't even know the actual title of that. Um, but, you know, Dario Argento's brand new film, which is just like insane that he's actually made a new movie in his 70s. So uh, it is actually dark glasses. So 
um, I was right the second time. Uh, but it's, you know, a Giallo film, and it, it's his first film since, I believe, 2012, 10 years ago, which was Dracula 3D. And I was just very curious to see uh, my honest anticipation and expectation was pretty low because you know he's in his 70s and it's been forever and his you know quality of film hasn't been what it was in the 70s and 80s in the later half of his career but that's okay because i still enjoy almost every single one of dario argento's films and to you know an extent like i like dracula 3d i like phantom of the opera i like sleepless and i uh, love stendhal so a lot of his later films i actually am still a pretty solid fan of so i really wanted to see dark glasses unfortunately i was never able to get access to that but that's okay because it is coming to shutter later this year and i do get early access to shutter screeners as well so i'll be sure to check that out um, there was a handful of other films that i didn't get to um, all Jacked Up and Full of Worms was one that I wanted to see. Um, there was one called uh, Next Exit or No Exit. I forget the official title of that one. Um, there was one called like, uh, man, what, it was called um, Video Stream or, or Dead Stream. Dead Stream was the title. I didn't get to that one. Um, there, was, there was a lot of other things that I didn't get to too, which is a little bit um, disappointing. But with that said, I did get to about eight or so films, so uh, I will give you guys reviews of those um, very quickly here. So the very first film that I watched is a film called Sissy, and Sissy is a movie that is from the country of Australia, directed by Hannah Barlow and Kane Sennis. Uh, it stars Yuren Ha, Aisha D, Lucy Barrett, as well as Hannah Barlow plays a character in there as well. The, the co-director also acts in the film. Uh, this movie, you know, very interesting. Like I, I, when I was going through the trailers and, and picking things that I wanted to see, this was one that I was very interested in. One, it's Australian. Two... Uh, it deals with an influencer and I find that kind of interesting because it's so prevalent in modern times that you know influencers are such an important and integrated part of society now that I think it's interesting when I see them starting to come into the film world as the lead or you know a main character so I thought that was very interesting uh, so we follow Cecilia and she is an influencer she's almost sort of like this self-help guru and right away you're not really sure if she is you know full of it or genuine or whatever but as you get to know her you get the idea that she's pretty genuine and she's genuinely trying to help people uh she definitely has some sort of issues in her closet skeletons in her own closet and definitely seems to have suffered from some sort of anxiety or some sort of uh, depression, um, mental health issues in the past. And she's using this as sort of a um, release and also to, you know, help other people with these like sort of therapeutic, um, you know, self-help type things. 
and so we're introduced to her and and her um shtick and then uh she runs into a girl named emma who she hasn't seen in like a decade and emma is getting married um to another character another woman character in this film and they sort of like strike up like a little um rekindling and and cecilia is invited to hang out at this bachelorette party and then um she doesn't want to go at first but you know she does eventually go and right away i think the strength of this film is the things that happen next so right away um cecilia doesn't really fit in with this group and one of the girls actually has a history with cecilia who was also friends with emma when she was a child so we get this backstory that's slowly fed to us that something happened between these characters when they were children and we have cecilia also known as sissy that's what they used to call her and basically she's feeling very out of the loop and it almost and and very disrespected and bullied and it pushes her over the edge so that's basically the plot i really liked certain aspects of this film i think it's the strongest aspect of this film and that is how they deal with anxiety and social situations we've all been there we all can relate to being in a place around a group of people where we feel uncomfortable and this film nails it like there's a scene where uh cecilia does something really nice for emma and you know nobody's paying attention to her and she has to sort of like command her their attention and then everybody's like what's her problem you know um and also during that scene before that um all these friends who she's now just being introduced to in this group are into some kind of tv show and they're all really into it and of course cecilia has no idea what it even is so the moment she gets there everybody's all like talking with each other and you know talking about this show and hopping on the couch and watching it and stuff and cecilia feels completely out of the loop and has no idea what's going on everybody's ignoring her and she needs to go to the bathroom it's probably to escape from the situation but also pro you know just to go to the bathroom and she asks like where's the bathroom and nobody's even paying attention to her and that type of stuff is just anxiety inducing right because you just feel like you're left out to dry and everybody you just feel so out of place and it's very relatable uh i think to anybody um i feel like everybody's been in some sort of situation like that and can relate and the sort of anxieties of those social situations that don't go your way is like what's so strong about this movie um and then there's actually like some really decent kills in here too and um some some comedy things in here too that that works really well overall i really enjoyed sissy i gave it a 7 out of 10 i definitely think that it was one of my favorite films of the festival and next up is another film that i was really interested in just based on the premise and that is swallowed and swallowed is directed by carter smith who most people would probably know from his 2008 film the ruins which is one of my favorite mid to late 2000s horror films um it is just a very good movie um 
if you can kind of buy into the concept of it. I just think that it's awesome. It's it's a very contained horror film. If you've never seen The Ruins, definitely check it out. Um, but Swallowed stars uh, Jenna Malone, uh, Cooper, uh, Koch, Mark Patton, and Jose Colon. And this is a movie that I didn't even know Mark Patton was in. Um, of course, Mark Patton from the wonderful Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. And he just shows up in the movie and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't even realize he was in this movie. Um, so this movie is really interesting. So it follows uh, two best friends on their final night together. Um, they basically show up at this um, drug dealer's place and the one character is um, going to be a drug mule and make some money um while the other character um benjamin he's our lead uh he is um gonna be moving to la um and his best friend dom uh this is sort of their last hurrah together um benjamin is um a gay character and this is something that's kind of common in in the theme of uh this year's fantasia it seemed like there was a lot of queer horror um, which is good to see, you know, you don't, you, you're starting to see it more, but it, it's definitely nice to see that. Um, so this sort of relationship between Benjamin and, uh, Dom is really, really like authentic feeling. Um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed both of their performances, but I, I really like Dom in particular. Like, um, there's just something about him. He had, he had the charisma, uh, and he, hasn't really done a lot so i'm hope i'm hoping he continues acting um and then jenna malone was actually really good as well as was mark Patton. um so essentially what happens is they decide to sort of change their mind about this this drug mule thing because the drug dealer wants them to swallow the bags and of course they don't want to do that and so she basically holds them at gunpoint to do it. Um, so they take these drugs and they are supposed to meet up at this rest stop. They're supposed to, you know, do their business to get them out of their body, clean them up and then deliver them. Um, <clears throat> now the problem with that is they run into a very homophobic, uh, like rednecky type of truck driver guy who assaults them and essentially punches um, Dom in the stomach and it kind of ruptures one of the bags. And we find out that what was in the bags may not have been drugs. And that's sort of where the film goes um, from there. And I gotta say, like, I, I liked this film when I first seen it, but after some time has went by, I think I like it even more. Um, it was just a cool movie. It was interesting. Uh, I wish they maybe would have went into like a little bit more of a body horror territory because I thought that's where they was going to go, but it ends up being sort of something else. Um, but I really liked the interaction between Mark Patton and Ben. Like it was a very interesting dynamic. Um, a lot of, uh, penis in this film too so uh you know just thought i would throw that in there you normally don't see that but you know it's usually boobs so um 
yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting movie, and I think that it for such a small movie, it does a really good job of holding your interest. And it was good to see Mark Patton back again, which is really cool because I'm actually going to be meeting him in later this month or next month. Um, he'll be at a convention I'm going to, and I'm definitely going to ask him about this film because I did enjoy it. I also gave this one, um, I think I gave this one a seven and a half out of 10. All right. And the next film is a French language film. It is from Belgium, directed by Veronique Jaden. Not going to try to pronounce a lot of the other names involved, um, but it is a horror comedy, Employee of the Month. This one, this one looked kind of fun, so I, I wanted to check it out. Uh, it basically follows Ines who is a model employee she's a really good employee she works at this cleaning product company and she basically gets sort of this new intern uh this young trainee named melody and she's kind of taking her under her wing um but she's also dealing with a lot of like sexism and sort of um undermining uh, she's not respected in the office. She's given double the work for probably half the pay. Uh, she goes to talk to her boss about getting her first raise and basically tells he tells her no. Meanwhile, all these other people in the building, uh, these other employees there are getting raises, all these men. Um, very, very... Um, sort of undermining to her as well as misogynistic um so it's a it's a classic case of um this woman having no respect um being underpaid and being belittled by the males and even one female um who worked that who is part of the company um and eventually she sort of accidentally kills someone and then it just snowballs effects and it's her and melody basically um hiding bodies and, and stuff like that and it's and it's like a comedy uh with a lot of like social uh commentary in terms of like the wage gap and you know women being mistreated in the workplace and stuff like that which i thought was all handled very very well um, to an, a comedic effect, but it not necessarily in a way where it's um, making fun of the topic, the seriousness of it, um, but more just how ridiculous it is in the first place. And I thought that it was a, a really solid movie, probably the funnest out of everything that I watched during this uh, Fantasia. Um, I think that it's the comedy works really well. Uh, it's not a very long movie, so it, it doesn't overstay its welcome, especially when you're dealing with horror comedies. I feel like sometimes if they're a little bit on the shorter side, then it's better. Um, and I thought the acting was actually really good, especially by Ines. I thought she was, um, you know, very, very perfect for the part. So uh, I definitely recommend Employee of the Month. I think it's a very fun movie. I wouldn't be surprised if it sh pops up on Shudder at some point. It seems like a, feels like a Shudder title. Um, so yeah, that is Employee of the Month. Uh, I give that one a seven 
and a half out of 10 as well. Okay, this next one is a title that I honestly almost missed and didn't even realize was a title because it's such a long title and I didn't read what it was actually called until fairly later. And it is called Orchestrator of Storms. And I just saw that title and it wasn't listed under the horror film section. So I almost missed it all together. But the subtitle is The Fantastique World of Jean Roland. And this is a documentary on the films and filmmaker Jean Roland, who is honestly becoming like one of my favorite filmmakers. I, I love what I've seen from him. Uh, a very unique filmmaker for sure. Um, it's basically, you know, a standard Talking Heads documentary that goes through the life and films and career of Jean Roland. And I just thought it was such a neat topic to tackle because honestly, like Jean Roland does not get talked about a lot. And this film was directed by, um, sorry, one second. The uh, For some reason, there's an ad right in my face that's covering up the directors. Uh, sorry about that. Um, Dima Balin and Kat Ellinger, who I think are, I know Kat Ellinger, I think she's a podcaster, I believe. Um, but yeah, this is uh, a documentary that's been in the making for a few years, and it tackles Jean Roland's filmography and goes through um, his his films and, and the history and like the types of movies he was making. Um, you know, he he was very sort of misrepresented, misunderstood. He wasn't like a filmmaker that really got a lot of love during his career. It wasn't until like after his career where he started getting a lot of praise and um, coverage of his films. Uh, they actually tell a, a story about how, you know, and, and Jean Roland was like, sort of dying at this point in his life but he still made a lot of effort to be involved in his films he he was still making films he still wanted to make one more film one more film one more film and he did that a lot until he died and uh, essentially he um somebody tells a story of like this sort of festival that they were hosting where they got to screen some genre lawn work and when they had hosted one of his films she walks into the the theater and sees like there's not that many people in there and she's like really embarrassed because Jean Roland actually came to this festival because he he essentially asked to come like he wanted to be there like he didn't just want to send his film to to there he wanted to be there and so she uh is like really embarrassed because there's not that many people in the screening and then Jean Roland comes up afterwards and thanks her. And he's like, how did you get so many people to come to my movie? And of course, like that just shows the type of person that he was where he obviously just wanted people to watch his movies. Like if it, if it was a couple people that was watching it, it made him happy because it meant that people were interested, a couple people at least interested in his work. And I just, there's something to be said about artists who truly care about the art. And I got that vibe from John Roland um, very fast. And it's a great documentary. I, I really loved, 
you know, what they did there, uh, telling the story of Jean Roulon, because he's not somebody that gets talked about a lot. And he makes these sort of like Euro trash, um, surreal type movies with lots of nudity. And um, he has a lot of vampire films and just just a lot of interesting films out there from from Jean Roland. And all of them pretty much are released by Kino uh, under the Redemption line. So I do recommend picking some of those up. If you've not seen any Jean Roland films, I recommend it. I went ahead and gave that documentary an 8 out of 10. Very good stuff. All right, and the next film is going to be a little bit of a short one. It's called Cho Rock Bomb, uh, directed by Yoon Seo Jin. And this is a film out of the country of South Korea, which I love South Korean cinema. Um, one of my favorite territories for film. Uh, the plot of this one is with attractive images and scenes, the film develops a series of worldly episodes of a family to the level of poetic sediment of blues and depression. Um, so yeah, this film, I'm going to be honest, this one was a little bit of a tough watch for me. Um, it starts off really cool with, um, you know, this this hanging cat and sort of this weird family dynamic. Um, and it's, it's a super slow burn. Um, the title of the film translates to Green Knight. And it's not really a horror film. I'm not sure how it fell into my watch list. I think I might have confused it with another film, so I ended up watching this one. Um, it's it's a super slow burn drama film. It looks very good. There's this green sort of lighting throughout, and it it looks like a very good movie. And there's definitely themes of grief and depression um, in the film. Um, but I kind of missed the, uh, the, the mark for me. Um, I couldn't really figure out what the point of the movie was other than to sort of do this slow pace. Honestly, blues is the word that I think of when I think of this movie, the blues, you know, like I got the blues, um, just a downbeat thing. Uh, it wasn't, it was my least favorite film for sure. And it, it kind of is like not really fresh in my memory because it was honestly kind of boring so i didn't really enjoy this one too much i went ahead and gave it a five out of ten all right and the next one up here is another horror comedy and this one is called cult hero and <laughs> this one's a little bit of a ridiculous film so it's directed by a guy by the name of Jesse Thomas Cook, and he has done a few films. Um, most notably, I guess, is a film called Monster Brawl, which from what I've heard is not very good, but it, it sort of had this like cool gimmick of having like all these monsters, like these iconic Wolfman and the mummy fight each other in a wrestling ring and stuff like that um he's done a lot of uh like lower budget stuff um septic man is another one i've heard of um uh, but this is probably definitely like his step up in terms of like good movie making um so the film stars um 
a guy by the name of Justin Bott and uh, also Jessica Vano. And uh, also, sorry, um, Ray Barrett. And this is the this is the lead Ray Barrett here, Dale Dalmazer. And he is basically a cult buster. This is a guy who is going around finding cults and kicking their ass. You know, he's he's this very like almost like a Burt Gummer type, but way over the top where he's, you know, very serious. And, and he films this TV show where he, you know, busts cults and basically something happens at the beginning of the film and he's like all washed up now and lost everything and this woman who's like a straight up like karen at first um contacts him to because her husband has been he tries to kill himself in this very comedic scene and she tries to basically get get this cult buster out of retirement to help her because she takes her husband after he tries to kill himself to this sort of like therapy type thing that turns out to be a cult and now he's stuck in there and so they need to infiltrate this cult extract him and deprogram that's the tagline infiltrate extract deprogram um it's a comedy and honestly like i kind of loved it a little bit it's it's very very fun and it's silly and comedic and just make made me laugh just how ridiculous this this ray barrett character is um he's very the, he's very very fun dale damazar you know he takes himself super serious and he's kind of a little bumbling and, and messes some things up but he's still kind of badass when it counts and then the karen character also gets more badass as the film goes um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I uh, definitely recommend checking that one out. It's it's a lot of fun. Alright, and the next one that I went ahead and watched here is a film called Hypochondriac. And this one was directed by filmmaker Addison Heinemann. And I want to say that this is the only film that I know him from. I know, this might be his debut here um and this is another one of those um queer horror films uh which like i said was very prevalent during this year's fantasia um and it follows a young man who is working at a pottery store um he has a boyfriend and he um is you know living a pretty good life but then he starts receiving um letters and and packages from his mother who he has a very very tr traumatic relationship with um that had to do with a lot of childhood trauma where his mother essentially was trying to murder him um so he is sort of haunted by this this memory and he begins to uh, basically have these physical manifestations of these um, haunted dreams and nightmares and, and things like that going on inside of his head. Um, it stars Zach Villa, Devin Gray, Madeline Zima. Um, it's a sort of a body horror type thing and it 
immerses you um, and sort of um, has like sort of these abstract ideas that I thought was really solid. I, I, I really, really dug like the mental health aspects of it and the um, beautiful cinematography in the film. Uh, the story itself, I, I feel like could have been improved on a little bit, um, but it was it was a very interesting movie, um, to say the least. And, and it kind of flies by. It was, um, you know, very well paced. So uh, Hypochondriac, pretty good movie there. And again, nice to see like the queer horror thing taken off a little bit. I, I like to see that. Um, it's interesting to hear other people's voices same reason i like jordan peele a lot well not the exact same reason but the reason of hearing fresh voices that you often in the history of cinema did not get to hear so hypochondriac i would probably say is a seven out of ten all right and the very last film that i got to watch is Rebecca McKendry's Glorious. Now, Rebecca McKendry, uh, pretty well known in the horror landscape, um, the horror community. Uh, she directed a uh, film a couple of years ago called All the Creatures Were Stirring, which was a anthology film set on Christmas. I didn't really think it was very good but i did like certain aspects of it um so not bad for a first feature film but i was curious to see if she had improved and i gotta say she improved a lot and you know not to i'm not saying that her her work was necessarily bad a lot of things factor into that budget um all the creatures were starting seemed like very low budget film so did this one but i feel like she definitely um got better um, as with with this next feature here um, so uh, glorious uh, directed by Rebecca McKendry written by Joshua Hole and Todd Rigney um, stars Ryan Quayton JK Simmons as well as Sylvia Grace Krim uh, and this movie will be coming to Shutter very soon uh, actually this month later this month so uh, be on the lookout for that uh, the cover looks to be so, sort of maybe some Lovecraft inspiration there um, which is uh, always a big plus for people uh, so this film follows uh, Wes who is going through a breakup and he's sort of like going nuts drinking himself to death like just full-blown panic mode and he stops at a rest stop and he goes inside and he begins to talk to somebody else in the stall next to him and quickly we realize this is very weird like this this mysterious person seems to know a lot of things and you know very eerie um then he realizes that he is locked in this rest stop bathroom and i'll kind of leave the plot off there because i don't want to spoil much but this is a really cool fit film this was definitely my favorite of the bunch for the uh, 2022 fantasia film festival uh, i thought that it was one just very creative i'm a big fan of small movies set in one singular location and this film is primarily set in this rest stop bathroom 
And I like movies that can hold your attention in these small settings because it means that it's well written. It means that it's um, creative and, and using uh, their ideas to sort of tell the story and keep you interested. And I like that about it. Uh, it's very well written. In fact, I feel like the beats of comedy, which are not overbearing, is one of the strongest aspects of this film because it sort of has these small minor beats of comedy but it's not like it's not this big haha like goofy comedy it's it's very very subtle and i like that about it um also you have uh good performances from everybody who's in the film uh you i think that this is like the way that i describe this is it's very twilight like zony um, just the idea of the story, it feels um, like a movie like Cube or um, Exam or any of these movies where there's a small group of people or you know even one or two people in a singular location and they have to use dialogue to mainly tell the story. And it also has sort of this Twilight Zone mystery about it, which I've always been a big fan of. And uh, I call them contained horror films, which is um, sort of films that take place in one location and have a small group of characters or cast and rely on being creative to tell the story in a one location film. Uh, so I call them contained horror films and I think this is a really good contained one. And then to add to it, you throw on a little bit of Lovecraft and all of a sudden you have like a really interesting movie. And I think that, yeah, it, it, it's, it's great to see Rebecca McKenzie do such a good job with this film. Um, because like I said, I, I mean, I, I picked up the, all the creatures were staring on Blu-ray couple years ago and I, I like it i love anthologies i like christmas horror films i love them um but there's one segment in that which i believe it's the one that it was like a contained horror film it took place um in like a van or like in a parking lot or something like that that was the best segment so i think that this film kind of expands on that concept and i feel like just based on like he hearing Rebecca McKendry and podcasts and stuff like that, I feel like she likes a lot of the same things as me, these sort of small location films. And I think that this was basically her taking that love and expanding upon it into a bigger um, narrative, a full fleshed out feature film. And I love that. So uh, I think I recently heard her on a show say that she also filmed like another movie this summer. Um, so very curious to see what she does next because for me this was the best film uh, other than the documentary that I've seen um, but this is the best film that I've seen of the festival so um, if I was given out an award it would go to Glorious. Uh, so yeah this film I believe is available August 18th on Shudder. Uh, it is a Shudder original and I recommend checking it out. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10 and currently because um, it's a pretty solid movie and I hadn't really seen too many great things this year. It currently would be in my top 10 for the year. Uh, very, you know, keep your expectations, you know, low in terms of like the scope of the movie because it is a very small movie. Like I said, it takes place in one location, but it's, uh, 
it makes up for it in creativity and um, being well-written. And the visuals are good, too. So, yeah, with that said, I hope you guys enjoyed my recap of my experience at this year's Fantasia Film Festival. I hope to be back next year. Next year, I am going to – I think I might set a, aside some vacation time to actually, like, fully – engulf myself in the festival so I, I can enjoy it a little bit more but hope you guys enjoyed and uh you know we'll see you guys in the future with more uh great 22 shots episodes so uh peace out